Hi everyone and welcome back to our fifth episode of Autism with a Pinch of Salt. I have to apologise because I never got a podcast released in November. I've just been I've just been doing a lot of university work. I finished placement. I'm concentrating on my dissertation at the moment. So it's been quite busy. But next month I have a really exciting podcast to record with Emily Kircher Morris, who is who does the Neurodiversity podcast. I'm really excited about meeting her virtually and having a chat about gifted and twice exceptional learners. So that'll be in January of twenty twenty one. But today I'd like to have a chat about something called othering. Now, it's just myself today, but this is something that I just, yeah, like to sort of raise a little bit of awareness of, particularly in professional settings. I saw a, a, a Facebook post about it a couple of months ago, and I'd never heard this sort of term being used for these kind of things before. And I wish I could remember where I saw the post so I could give it credit, but I I can't. And basically it was talking about othering in meetings with professionals and parents or carers. And basically what it means is that the professionals speak in such a way during these meetings, these multidisciplinary meetings, that it makes the parents or the carers feel othered. They speak using jargon language maybe medical terms that are not familiar to the parents and carers that they're having the discussion with. Now remember, during these multidisciplinary meetings, the parents and carers are there not just to listen to what the the professionals have got to say, but actually to be active members and active participants in these conversations. As professionals, we should strive to work together with our either the patients, the carers, or the parents, working together collaboratively to create that person-centred care. The person that they're meeting about should be in the centre of all the discussion. And I find it really problematic that there are lots of people who out there who are feeling othered during these meetings. Now, I have to say, in my experience as a parent, I've never felt that way. I'm really lucky the majority are in fact all the professionals that I have been involved with with my children's care I've had a really positive experience with I've developed really good rapport and and a good relationship with them and I've never felt othered in any sort of multidisciplinary meeting but one thing I can say even as a training professional who's been involved in meetings before at the other side of the table going in as a parent it is overwhelming it is daunting and it's it's actually at first not a very pleasant experience. And I mean, that's me saying that as somebody who's been involved in these meetings before, so kind of knew what to expect and I still found it quite overwhelming. One experience, actually the first meeting I had as a parent, I came in and I, I felt quite, you know, I was at the top of the table, all the professionals were already sitting around there. And I must say, um, the speech and language therapist that was there, my daughter's speech and language therapist, kind of smiled at me hi how are you and had a little bit of small talk with me and you know that made the world of a difference for me to be able to settle in and not feel really you know like everybody was staring at me 
but this is a reality that lots of parents, lots of patients even, and, and carers are having to go through frequently where they're going to meetings with professionals and they're, you know, it's a daunting experience as it is and the professionals are maybe talking amongst themselves um, and then kind of every so often, you know, referring back to, to the the patient, parent, carer, whoever else it is that's there. But at, in actual fact, they can be actively involved in that conversation because the jargon that's been used, they can't understand. And I understand myself how difficult it can be sometimes to simplify language, especially when you're working in an environment all the time that this language is used. It can be quite difficult to remember to sort of simplify that when you're talking to somebody who's not used to that language being used. And it's not that that person isn't clever or wouldn't be able to understand had it been explained to them first. But if, if they're not actively involved in that sort of professional environment, then why would they know? You know, if I went to a, a meeting with a, a doctor and a rheumatologist or, you know, some medical professional that I've never really been involved with before and they started talking in their jargon language, I would have absolutely no idea what they were talking about and would have to kind of say, excuse me, stop. What are you talking about? Can you explain that for me? And ask for clarity. So really what I just want to kind of talk about today is is about how we can do that, how we can make these meetings more comfortable and more welcoming for the people that are, are going to be involved in the meetings that might not be professionals themselves. So first I just want to have a look at the definition of othering. So on a Google search here, according to Very Well Mind, othering is a phenomenon in which some individuals or groups are defined and labelled as not fitting in with the norms of a social group. It also says that it is often subtle and may involve unconscious assumptions about others. So that is the online definition of it. I don't think, I mean personally, I don't think that professionals who are involved in caring for people are going to actively go into a meeting and talk in such a way that they're deliberately trying to make somebody feel left out. I, I don't believe that for at least nine, you know, for 99% uh, of the professionals involved, I really don't think somebody would do that deliberately, especially when they're in that sort of line of work. But I think it can be an unconscious thing where you're just maybe not used to adapting your language. Thankfully, I think as speech and language therapists, or for me, a SLT to be, we get in the way of doing that pretty quickly because a lot of the people that we're involved with, we have to adapt our language. I think SLTs are pretty good at it, naturally. And that's not to say that other professionals aren't either, but I'm just thinking it might not come as naturally to other professionals. It might. It's sort of, I feel, SLTs sort of bread bread and butter. What I would suggest for anybody having any sort of MDT to send information out to the patient, the parent, the carer, whoever, beforehand, you know, that's going to be discussed, send it out and the way that you would write up your report, because reports, hopefully, should be written in such a way that the, the person receiving them is going to read them and understand them. So a little bit of an agenda, send that out beforehand so that they're prepared for what's coming and if they have any questions at that point, they can write them down before the meeting starts. Also, just to really be mindful when you're having these meetings that you are thinking about what you're saying and thinking, if I was to meet somebody in the street and start using this sort of terminology, would they understand what I'm talking about? If no, 
then adapt. But what I'd also say to the parents or the patients and the carers as well, professionals are just human beings. They are human beings like everybody else and just say, sorry, I don't, I didn't quite catch what you were saying there. Could you explain that again? What does that mean? What does that word mean? I've not heard that before. Just say it to them and very quickly they'll realise, oh gosh, wait a minute, I, I need to adapt what I'm saying here. And it's actually, it is more difficult than what, than what you think at first. I remember in third year, part of one of my projects along with a couple of my classmates, was to make a, a booklet for parents, carers, teachers to read about um, the why of EAC systems, why we use certain systems for some people and, and, and that kind of thing. But one of the most important things about this booklet was that it had to be readable. It had to be accessible. So it wasn't made in an easy read format as such, but it had to be accessible so that anybody could pick it up, read it and understand what was in it. And actually that was probably the most challenging part of, of, of the creating of the whole booklet, the sourcing the information and everything that was time consuming, but actually adapting the information to more accessible language was the most difficult part. So as a skill to do, especially when you know, you're maybe, yeah, when, when you're a professional, you're reading journal articles, you're reading textbooks and, and the language there is very jargon. So trying to adapt that into something else it is a skill. It does take time and it doesn't always come naturally. But what's important is how you're making others feel and their feelings are valid. And honestly, I can see as a parent going in, it is not a nice feeling going into these MDT meetings anyway. Never mind if you were going into these meetings and actually not understanding half of what's been spoken about. And actually in, in return for that, if you've been given strategies to this parent, if they're not understanding, they might understand what the strategies are, but if they don't understand why they're doing them, the chances of them doing them are going to be much less. Whereas if you're able to just tweak your language slightly and put it in, in a way where they're understanding, okay, if I... For example, if I reduce my language for my young person, they're going to pick up the keywords of what I'm saying and they're going to fo- be able to follow through with an instruction. Or, okay, if I add one word onto what my young person is saying, they're going to be able to pick up the vocabulary from that. So when they're playing with a car and they're saying, oh, car, and I say, oh, yeah, fast car, they're going to be able to pick up vocabulary that way or pick up new words quicker. They're much more likely to do it rather than if you give them a whole load of jargon talking about how how to increase vocabulary in your preschooler by adding on one verb to, to their utterances. You know, they're maybe not going to pick up on that or why it's important. So just be mindful. Yeah, we're all human and yeah, we all want to just, we all want to work together for the benefit of the person that's that that meeting is about and for parents just as I've said already we're all human and actually I, I, I think there's going to be very little professionals that's going to be upset with you by just actually saying can we just stop a minute and go back because I don't understand what was just said there it doesn't make you look any particular way and actually, I think the professionals are going to be the ones that are going to be a wee bit more, they're going to be upset with themselves, or they should be, for not presenting it in, in a way that is accessible for you to understand them. 
and for any professional that might be listening I think just because it, it can be hard for us to adapt our language doesn't mean that we can get away with not doing it we need to do better at ensuring that the language that we use during these MDTs are accessible for everybody who is in the meeting and that is something that we just have to work on and and get better at and that's for for any kind of meeting any sort of MDT whether it be in education whether it be in a clinical setting a medical setting it just is the way it is everybody benefits when everybody can understand what's been spoken about and it's just so important to, to do that and even if you've you know if you've done an agenda for the meeting running over your notes and if there's anything any sort of vocabulary in there that you think oh gosh actually that's kind of jargon sounding how can I adapt that and if you can't think of a way to adapt that google it google synonyms anything just to you know you want to make it as accessible as possible for those that that are listening because that is going to have you're going to get the most benefit you're going to develop much better rapport with your patients carers parents whoever it might also be worth thinking about um, legislation and policy. So if you are discussing any sort of policy or legislation, just having to think about, okay, does this person know what that policy is? Do they know what it means? And if not, checking in with the people that you're discussing it with. Um, one thing that we kind of learn at university pretty early on when we're out in placement is always checking back with the person that we're communicating with to see whether they've understood what we've said that goes for, for for everything really it doesn't have to just be in a clinical setting okay can do you, just checking back it's just good practice in my eyes do you understand everything is there does that make sense to you is there any questions that you've got about that um, and just checking in because actually as I've said before it's quite a daunting experience so it it shouldn't actually always be up to the the person that you're delivering the information to to explain that they don't understand what you've said it's it's actually our job as professionals to make sure that we have put across our message clearly and concisely in a way that everybody can understand so just always checking in with the person as well does that make sense to you have you got any questions about that and I'm sure the majority of people do do that but just the consensus of what I've been seeing you know, on a lot of parent groups that I'm, I'm on, on on Facebook, is that a, a lot of parents are feeling really, as I say, it's this term that's came up, othered at these MDT meetings. And, and I know as professionals that that is not what, that's not the goal, that's not what people are going into these meetings hoping to do. They, they really don't. They want the best for the person that that means about as well. So it's just about us all trying to work collaboratively together professionals trying to be mindful of the language that they're using mindful that they check in and again for for the parents carers patients whoever it may be that are part of these meetings as well just if you can just say actually I didn't get that can we go back that's okay to do as well I know these meetings are daunting I know they can be scary but the people that you're talking to are just people they don't walk six inches above the ground from everybody else they walk on the same ground that you and I do and they'll appreciate you know sort of being brought back a bit as well because then they'll know that their message hasn't been put across 
efficiently and they'll be much more happy to know that everybody's understood the recommendations or whatever it is that's been discussed. So just a quick and short one today. I hope everybody has a brilliant Christmas and New Year. Everybody can relax, except if you're in fourth year like me and have lots of dissertation stuff to do, then there's no relaxing over the Christmas period. But it's only one Christmas. It's absolutely fine. I hope this has been helpful to anybody been listening. And yeah, I will see you next time in January 2022. Who can believe it? If you enjoy these podcasts, I also have a Facebook page, Autism with a Pinch of Salt. I am now on TikTok. I'm Kaylee underscore SLT. I have one one TikTok that's a wee, it's just a, a sort of jokey one. And I'm also on Twitter as Healy underscore SLT as well. I'm not really as active on Twitter as what I am on the, the Facebook page, but uh, I am there. Um, so if you enjoy the podcast and you enjoy the content, then I do try and get some stuff put up on the Facebook page, put resources for people to use and some sort of opinion blog pieces as well. Okay, thank you. Until next time.